What's tease, y'all? Happy Monday. Welcome to Every Little Things Podcast. If you are new to my podcast, of course, you know to go ahead and hit that like and follow button. It is the first day of the week, a fresh new week in May. And of course, we all know May is the last month of spring and it invites us to notice and revel in the vibrancy of color, life, and beauty all around the world. And for May, I've always said May, the thing for that month for me would be like gratitude. Wouldn't you agree? I would. So today, of course, is True Crime Monday. We are going to be talking about a girl who's been missing for 14 years named Shamika Cosby. Um, Cosby, I apologize. She went missing a couple of days after Christmas. She was only 16 years old. Of course, I wanted to bring this today to bring some awareness to her case. So you guys go grab your popcorn, put your socks on, put your robe on, go ahead and take a shower. Whatever you going to do, grab your shot with a piece of ice in it, whatever you going to do and lay back and let's get into today's case. Shamika Kazi was a 16-year-old from Hazelwood, Missouri. Now, before we get into her disappearance on December 29, 2008, I just wanted to share with you all some background about Shamika. So, Shamika actually lived with her mother Paula Hill and her two sisters. I couldn't find much information like on their father, you know. Um, I don't really know if he was like really active in the picture or not, but for the most part, it was literally just Shamika and her two sisters and her mother. Shamika was also a 10th grader at Hazelwood High School before she disappeared and she actually attended her homecoming about like two months or four months before she disappeared. So she was definitely involved in school. You know, she was really known to be like very sweet and bubbly. And after school, when her mother used to go to work in the afternoons, she would have to stay home and watch her little sister. So she was dependable. You know, her mother trusted her with responsibilities. And usually if you're like the older sibling or middle sibling, you usually take on those responsibilities that your parents can't really feel in at the moment. You know, um, not because they don't want to, but because they have other priorities like work or they're busy. So you just kind of step in and take care of your little siblings. And Shamika did just that. So she was kind, bubbly, dependable. And also she was a family girl. And what I mean by this is like she loves spending time with her family and her cousins, as most of us do. And actually around the same time she disappeared, she was at her cousin's house. So now we're just going to fast forward. The night of her disappearance, 
So on December 29, 2008, four days after Christmas, Shamika went on to hang out with her cousins, which she did often. Her cousins lived near the 600 block near Napier Drive in Berkeley, Missouri, which is outside of St. Louis. So Paula dropped off her daughter, like always, and she's like, all right, you know, Shamika, I'll see you later not knowing that this was actually going to be the last time she will ever see her daughter, unfortunately. So, Shamika is gone to her cousin. Her mom's like, give me a kiss, moi. (laughs) All right, see you later. And her family stated that when she was at her cousin's house, Shamika was in and out, in and out of the house. Like, one moment she was outside, next minute she was coming back inside. Like, she was just very busy that day. And it's almost like she was meeting with someone outside or maybe just trying to see someone or talk to someone. And it looked like when she went to her cousin's house over there, it was more free-spirited, you know. Um, The parents most likely were more lenient because when she was with her mom, she wasn't going in and out of no house. Like her mom was definitely a hands-on parent. She always kept her out out for Shamika. So it, to me, it seemed like we all have this one cousin or cousins where when we go over there, you know, we're going to be outside. We're going to be, you know, getting into some things. So that's what it kind of seemed like. So Shamika was like, all right, now that I'm at my cousin's house, I can do what I want. I can, you know, talk to other people around the block. I can go outside and walk around and things like that. And on that very night, Shamika had left the house. So now the next morning comes and her cousins and her family, they wake up and they're like, you know, they see Shamika's bag. They see, um... They see Shamika's clothes. They see everything that belongs to Shamika. And they also noticed that the front door was cracked. Almost like she kind of snuck out the house. So they're kind of like, maybe her mom picked up. She didn't want to wake us up. They're not thinking Shamika had left anywhere. They're thinking, okay, maybe Paula came to pick her up real quick throughout the night or whatever, you know, for whatever reason. So they call Paula and Paula's like, um, no. Shamika's not with me. Like, she's not here with us. So Paula instantly, she starts getting worried because that's like, that's not like Shamika. Just to, you know, go ghost like that without telling anyone. And she is also concerned if Shamika did sneak out, where are you sneaking out to? Hmm? Where you going? You know, so already Paula's like, look, I ain't got time today for this. Because see, I want to play these games. And we don't have to just find her. So she starts like reaching out to the kids in the neighborhood, reaching out to her friends like, hey, you know, is Shamika with you? Do you know where she is, Um, where she was at last? And they're all like, no, we don't know where she is and things like that. Now, she's a 16-year-old girl, you know, it's now the whole day. And I'm going to have to call the police because now I'm definitely worried like I'm pretty sure that's how her mom was. And none of her friends knows where she's at. So Paula's like, oh yeah, I'm going to call the police. So Paula, she doesn't hesitate. She calls the police and she tells them, hey, you know, my child is missing. I don't know where she is. And I'm worried that 
this is not like her. So off the rip, the police kind of, you know, shut her down a little bit. They're kind of like, you know, maybe she just ran away. She'll come back or maybe she snuck away with a boy or something like that. And Paula is like, no, don't play with me. Like, I feel like something is wrong. And before the police kind of get into the whole maybe she was kidnapped or maybe you know someone is in danger or minor, they would do everything they can to kind of diffuse the situation. Like, oh man, it's nothing. Meanwhile, she's a 16-year-old. She's a minor. So if a parent is coming to you like, yo, my child is missing. I don't know where my child is. And you know, they're concerned. I do feel like some pressure should be applied. Not to mention that with black families, that is usually the case. They are usually shunned down, just shut down completely, shut away. They're just kind of like, uh, you know, there's no effort really applied. So they go on and tell Paula, maybe she'll come back on Monday because meanwhile, this is still like the Christmas break. So Paula's like, all right, you know, there's nothing I can really do. We're going to wait till Monday to see if maybe she pops up from school. Maybe she is doing crazy teenager stuff like, you know, sneaking out, going to a friend's house or going to a boy's house. She doesn't want her mom to know. So she's like, all right, you know, I'll wait. But she still feels like Shamika would have reached out to her. Like, there's no way she would have just went the whole weekend or even a night without reaching out to her mother, Paula. So Paula definitely waits until Monday. And then Monday comes around and there is still no sign of Shamika at all. Therefore, Paula reaches right back out to the police as she should. And she's like, look, my child is still not home. Y'all need to find my child. It's Monday. She did not go to school. She did not come home. She knows after school, at times she has to watch her baby sister. This is not like her. She is still not here. So this is when the lazy ass police decide, okay, all right, we're definitely going to go ahead and look into it. So the police and Paula, they actually go back to the cousin's house and kind of ask some questions. So one of the family members actually let the police know on that night, he did hear Shamika talking on the phone, you know, around midnight, 1 a.m. in the morning. So the police are like, really okay well give us the phone number so that we can call maybe she's with that person you know or maybe they know where she's where she went the police call the number right so when they call the number there's a woman that picks up the woman is like I don't know no Shamika you got the wrong number like immediately like she's just shutting down anything that has to do with Shamika and they're like hey, do you know Shamika? So Paula, Shamika's mama, immediately feels like that's weird. Like she called this number at 12 o'clock, one o'clock in the morning between that time. It's extremely late. And that's literally around the time that she kind of just disappeared. That is the last time everyone saw her, you know. The door was cracked. So either she was trying to get in contact with someone to pick her up or come meet her somewhere but she definitely called around that time for a reason. So the woman is like, look, 
I ain't got nothing to do with anything. Y'all got the wrong number. I don't know a Shamika. And you know, also around this time within the early 2000s, we have to keep in mind that social media wasn't really, you know, like popular or that mainstream as it is today. So Shamika did have a MySpace page. Ooh, I remember MySpace. We ain't finna go there. So, um... (laughs) Paula did notify the police like, hey, you know, she does have this MySpace page. Maybe we can look into it. But it really wasn't active. Like when they looked into the page, they didn't really find anything. So now they can't get in contact with that woman that she calls within the middle of the night or claims that she called. There's no clues leading up to where she could be. None of her friends knows where she's at. And the MySpace page isn't really helping out. So Paula's definitely discouraged because she just feels like, where is my child? Like, this is not like her. So the police now, they feel like, look, did any of you guys have a fight with Shamika? Did y'all do anything to Shamika? Did anything happen to Shamika? Like, was there any disagreements that got her upset to run away? And everyone's like, no. Like, you know, especially the cousins at the house. They're like, no, everything was fine. She was in and out of the house. And Paula was like, but yes, I do remember there was a time like a couple of days before she disappeared where Paula and Shamika decided to go visit one of Paula's girlfriends, you know. Paula was trying to meet up with one of her girlfriends and, you know, chit-chat. And while they're there, Paula and her friend... They're chit-chatting it up, having a girl talk, and she sees Shamika walking outside, like, kind of like just roaming around outside, almost like she was looking for someone or waiting for someone. So when Paula sees this, she's like, yo, what, what the hell are you doing out here? This is actually dangerous, and like, we're in a neighborhood that you don't really know what it's about, you know, so why are you roaming around out here like that? So it doesn't make any sense. So Shamika's like, Mom, I'm fine. Like, you're doing too much. As most of you, you're doing too much, lady. Like, I'm grown. Like, bro, just chill. It's not that serious. I'm just out here walking around, chilling, being me. So Paula, Shamika's mama, is stressing the issue. Like, you do not know the people in this neighborhood. You don't even know this area like that. It's not safe for a 16-year-old girl to be roaming around here. Like, are you waiting on somebody? Like, what's your real intent out here? So Shamika is like, Mom, it's nothing. So they kind of got into it. But that's literally the last thing Paula could remember. But she did feel like that was just weird. Now that she kind of was in the position to really, you know, retract her thoughts She definitely felt like, yo, that was weird. So she tells the police this and the police are like, all right, they take note of it, but they don't really move forward. Police are like, well, maybe she just ran away. And in most cases with black families, they're definitely more adamant to label a kidnap or a missing black girl or missing black boy as as a runaway. And that's just like the harsh reality. They was just like, you know, what, maybe she just ran away and she'll come back. So they didn't really do any hard work because Paula felt like the police weren't really going to help her out with anything. Paula's like, 
you know what? I'm going to take this in my own hands like most mothers and I'm going to do all the hard work. I'm just going to do what I could because I need my child. I need my child home. I just need my child. I need to know where she's at because y'all might y'all might help me with this, but y'all not. So I'm just going to do what I can do on my end. So the family came together, family and friends and Paula, and they started to share missing photos of Shamika um, around town. They started, you know, just letting people know, hey, have you seen Shamika? Just pretty much pushing this out into the mainstream so that people are aware that Shamika is missing. So just, hey, have you seen her? Does she look familiar to you? It had all of her descriptions, her brown skin, the color of her eyes, her hair. So after putting up some of those flyers and sharing this information, you know, within the town, Paula decides, you know what, I'm going to go downstairs in our apartment complex and go talk to the girls downstairs. Now, the girls downstairs are actually Shamika's friends. Like, they actually went with Shamika to homecoming, so it's not like these girls don't know Shamika at all. Paula walked up and is like, you know, what am I, what am I going to go downstairs and go ask them? Hey, have y'all seen Shamika? Because it's been days now. We don't know where she is. So Paula really like, is like kind of applying pressure a little bit. Like, can you just give me some clues? What is the last thing that y'all talked about? And immediately the parents of the girls, they shut all that shit down because they said that they didn't want to get involved Although the girls were stating, well, we don't know anything. We haven't talked to Shamika. So Paula is like, well, get involved. And get involved in what? And are you? Like, do y'all have something to do with it? I'm sure y'all haven't talked to Shamika. That just seems very weird to me. You know, all of y'all are friends. Y'all definitely talked to Shamika at some point, And I don't know where she's at. So... Once again, they're all like, no, we don't want to get involved. Leave us alone. And um, Paula did notify the police, but the police stated that they couldn't really intervene or interview. Let me correct that. They couldn't really interview the girls because they were minors and they all were like 16 and under. So they were not allowed to interview children without their parents. So if you're a minor, Um, There wasn't really anything the police could do about it. Paula just really felt that this was strange because no one was trying to share information. And it just didn't add up for Paula. So Paula found out as well that Shamika actually had a boyfriend named Jeremy. And Paula tries to reach out to Jeremy to get some information from Jeremy um like was he really Shamika's boyfriend um Jeremy um Shamika made Jeremy her boyfriend in high school and now Paula is like all right maybe I could definitely get something um out of this boy like maybe you know because you know she's definitely desperate to find Shamika to bring her home Paula gets in touch with Jeremy and Paula meets up with Jeremy to talk about Shamika's disappearance. Jeremy has nothing but bad things to say about Shamika. Who 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 
does that? I would slap the shit out of him talking about mine. He's like, oh, well, she's a bad influence. She's not a good girl. She's not what you think she is. And then he drops a bomb. Boom. Mm. He tells Paula, well, Shamika was always in and out of strip clubs. So Paula is like, in and out of strip clubs? What's about your damn head? How could she be in and out of strip clubs when she does not have the time for this? And when does she ever have the time to go to strip clubs? You know, like I thought she was at school. And after school, she usually comes home and watch the baby for me and be be home with us. So that just didn't add up at all to Paula. And Paula really tried to pry Jeremy with some information. But Jeremy is like, well, that's all I know. Um, That's all I can share with you. I don't know nothing else. But Paula just felt like you just have nothing but bad things to say about her. And that doesn't add up. Either you're supposed to be her boyfriend and all the other girls are supposed to be her friends and y'all don't really want to help me find Shamika. Like, this is someone that you claim is your friend. This is someone you claim is your girlfriend that you have love for and none of y'all are really trying to help me find my daughter. Like, none of y'all are really trying to just play your part at least or just help out. So, Paula was definitely like, thrown back at the fact that her boyfriend and her friends didn't really want to help or they claimed they didn't know anything and she was also thrown back at the fact that what the heck is Shamika doing in strip clubs she just really felt like that was odd and not like Shamika and she felt like you know maybe there were some things that I don't really know about Shamika and she actually ended up remembering a situation six to nine months prior to Shamika's disappearance. Now let me tell you what it was. Shamika actually got dropped off in front of the house in a black Chrysler 300 and when Paula, her mother, ran out, she actually saw an older man dropping her off in that car but when she tried to run out to see him, the car already, you know, rushed away. So she didn't really get to see his face or anything like that. She didn't get to see like who he was. She didn't even get a name because when Shamika got out the car and was like, hey, Paula's like, who is that other older man you was just with that I that just dropped you off at home? Who is that Shamika? You know, and of course she's like, oh, he's just a friend. You know, it's nobody. Shamika was really like brushing it off. Like she didn't want to share much information about it. And Paula tried to get it out of her, but Shamika wasn't really sharing nothing. She was just like, this is my friend, mom. Like that's it. It's really nothing. He just wanted to drop me off home. So Paula felt like, you know, she didn't really want to press the issue, but she definitely thought back like that was weird also. It was weird that an older man, someone that she met in the strip club, most likely, was the old, also the older man that most likely dropped off. You know, this was an older man that, you know, someone she possibly could have met when she went to her cousin's community and she really thought about that as well like who was this older man and another thing that Paula actually found out 
was that there was a time when Paula was cleaning up and she was actually in the process of packing up her home to leave and she saw a fake ID. Now, this fake ID actually belonged to one of the girls downstairs. One of the girls downstairs, big sister. So when she saw this ID and saw that it was a fake ID, but the girl actually resembled Shamika so much like you would have really thought that the picture was Shamika. Like the girl looked exactly like Shamika, but it wasn't her. Um, and she, Paula, of course, knew it was fake. It was a fake ID. You know, it, she knew it was another woman because any mother knows their child and their age and their, you know, date of birth. So right then and there, Paula's like, why does Shamika have a fake ID? So as the time is going and she's looking for Shamika, all of these things are like adding up. She's getting all of these clues herself while the police are pretty much like sitting on their behinds, not doing anything. Really, the police were not active. It's like they just let the case kind of just fade away. Like things were just, you know, decreasing, like the attention of it was just decreasing and decreasing and decreasing. And Shamika now was just labeled as a black girl that ran away from home. But, you know, they didn't really help. So when Paula was doing all of these things and trying to talk to people and get all of these clues and information, she really had this information kept to herself. She felt like, you know, there's not much I can do because even though I want to share it with the police, the police aren't really even being active about about it. And they keep really like kind of just shutting her down every single time she comes to them with something that just really felt like, you know, it was odd. And to the police, Shamika was just a runaway. And she's a black girl that was just being rebellious. So we're going to leave it as that. And because Paula felt like, you know, she was gathering all this information herself and she was finding out new things about Shamika that she didn't know, she's like, you know what, I'm going to go ahead and log back into that MySpace account. I'm going to go back and I'm going to really dig to see if it's to see if something is there. So she actually saw a post that stated Shamika was high in the clouds. And she was on that Mary Jane. Y'all know what I'm talking about. If y'all can understand what I'm saying, because you know, you got to know when and where to say certain things. (laughs) So I can't be really saying stuff out of pocket, but y'all know. So let's say she was on that Mary Jane. So Paula's like, wait, Shamika out here, you know, Mary Jane, like she's doing things like this, like, Is she having time to do... When does she have the time to do all of these things, you know? And it's common for teenagers to do things that their parents really don't know, especially involving things like that or having a fake ID. Like, these things are common. And baby, I know because I did the shit, you know, except for the fake ID. I never have a fake ID. But I guess it's because now that Shamika disappeared, it makes Paula really worried about what did she get herself into? What were the things that 
she was doing behind closed doors and Paula really felt like she did a good job you know with keeping an eye out on Shamika so just the fact that she was finding out all of these things maybe she is possibly a victim of human trafficking you know and no parent would want to think that but it's it's happening a lot nowadays it's, it's happening a lot once Paula really shared the news of hey you know she was this and she was at strip club she had a fake id you know she was smoking mary jane there was this man that dropped her home you know but but just the fact that they weren't really trying to help paula and you know they kind of just let things go speaks a lot of volumes with victims that are black and brown and other minority and it really speaks a lot of volumes on the fact that they don't really care about us like that and it's really sad and unfortunate and I've done so much research on different cases that are the parents doing all the work you know like why are the parents doing the work why are the family members doing all of the little intricate you know finding of evidence like why are they doing every detail why are they, you know, calling up the police, searching room, calling up people, searching rooms and going through my space? Like, I feel like that's really unacceptable. I definitely feel like investigators and police, they really need to start applying pressure a little more. You know, because they, they be on 10 toes ready to shoot, um, you know, gas bullets and everything, gas, gas bombs and everything and throw them when we ready to apply pressure you know but hey we gonna keep our opinions to ourselves so paula really felt like she was just at a dead end because no one would help her and she was finding all of these little things and all of these new things about shamika and she didn't really know where to start or where to go because she didn't have any leads to go by no one would talk to her Um, I did mention to you all that while she was actually packing up her home to move, she saw that Shamika had a fake ID. And she also found a notebook that stated just a lot of notes and letters in it between Shamika and a classmate. So when Paula opens the book, she sees like almost like a conversation between Shamika and another girl in class. And it states that either Shamika or the other girl was pregnant by someone. And, you know, they were like kind of worried and scared and things like that. But Paula could not find out who the other classmate was. And she couldn't figure out who was Shamika talking to. You know, passing notes in the classroom. We, you know, well, you know, we have all of this information because she was in and out of strip clubs and you know the man dropped her home like I definitely feel like maybe she was groomed by someone or the girls downstairs definitely you know something and maybe the boyfriend knows something that's why he was like so upset and angry because he's not allowed to say some things I don't know I'm just coming up with these speculations and all these theories in my mind, as always. And, you know, I I think that that's crazy. It's been literally 13 to 14 years since Paula has seen her daughter, Shamika. And 
today, right now, she's still trying to find Shamika. And all we have is just clues. Like, all we have is just pieces of information of things that, you know, was brought up within the months of Paula really investigating. And it's really sad that Paula was left to be the one to do all the hard work when we have police forces. And we have investigators to do all of these things for us, you know, within the African-American families. In a lot of cases in our research, the parents are often the ones, once again, doing everything. They're the ones to go the most in-depth. And they, they really search. Like, they literally go in and they become a detective themselves. So at this point, because police officers aren't really involved, they're quick to label black girls and black boys or black men and black women as runaways. Like, that's why they're missing, because maybe they just ran away with a boyfriend or ran away with a girlfriend, you know, or just wanted to get away from mental mental space. Almost like to paint us to be, I guess, like rebellious or I don't know, like, y'all get what I'm saying. You know, it's the, but that's the energy I always get. And I feel like, let's not forget that there are actual pedophiles out here, that human trafficking does exist. You know, let's not forget that I'm talking to you, you know, or let's not forget that I'm talking to like, you know, investigators Let's not forget that these things actually happen. So, especially if a girl is a minor, like she's 16 years old, why weren't you guys really searching and helping? And that was actually Paula's problem as well. You know, she actually didn't give the police or investigators the notebooks that she found because she felt like, look, if if they really cared, they would have came to my house and search Shamika's room. They would have came and really talked to me to find information, talked to people around the neighborhood to find information, but they did not do any of that. So Paula just felt like, you know what, I'm going to keep this to myself and just try to spread the word out there because she's really lacked the help from investigators and that's really unfortunate. And that's why I do this podcast, you know, for the black and brown communities because There's barely any media coverage. There's barely any news about our black girls and black boys going missing. Like, the information is not out there as much as it should be. And this is why I do what I do. Even if there's not a lot of information about a case. I'm going to try to dig and find what I can to tell you all. Because this case right here, I literally had to dig for information you know and that's another thing when I'm doing these cases I can barely find as much information as I need to because there's just no documents being written down or there's no not really any notes or interviews like it's just really sad it's really sad so I definitely hope that you guys can also share this story and get it out and hope that you guys just share these missing cases you know um especially for these people who are missing these people are just wanting their daughters or son back auntie uncle you know grandmother grandfather they really want them so i hope you all enjoyed this podcast in this episode today of course in the comment box you can go and let me know what your theory is 
Like, what do you think happened to Shamika? Do you feel like Shamika is a victim of human trafficking? Do you feel like there, you know, were deeper things going on? Like, maybe she could have been pregnant and ran away? You know, I don't know. But let me know what you all think. If you have any information about Shamika Kazi, please call the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children at 1-800-THE-LOST and 7 or 1-800-843-5678. Paula is still searching for her daughter again. So let's get this out here so we can help her and bring justice and bring her baby girl home. You all have a great night. You all are my favorites. Y'all like really my favorites. All of y'all like my love bugs. Really. If I could just pile all of y'all up in this, like, well, I ain't gonna say that because that don't sound right. I almost say if I could pile all of y'all up in like this little cage, I would and keep y'all, but <laughs> I make y'all sound like animals. <laughs> but anyway, thank you all again for joining Every Little Things Podcast. It's Bree. Love you. Mwah.